Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. It is a pleasure and an honor to have this program and to have people call up, share your information, and we'll see out Dishmaya. We'll be able to create a little awareness for the mental health field, a little understanding, a little smile, a little caring, and when to set boundaries, or at least an awareness of there's an important need of setting boundaries, and there's an extremely important need taking care of ourselves, helping ourselves grow to be healthy, happy, successful. So the number to call up is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions or your comments. So again, 718-683-5858. We are looking forward to taking some questions or comments that you've got. I would like to start with a positive message of this that I received about an hour ago. And this is a message that we have a lot. And I feel this message is that powerful. So it goes as follows. Rabbi Mordechai Weirmiger, thank you, is an understatement with like 15 exclamation marks. I am the 18-year-old girl from question 748. So I have a daily question and answer that we do, and a lot of it's similar to what we do here on the radio. So people call up here, ask there, and listen to this with eating disorder. With your backing, and basically this person says they have an eating disorder, the parents don't want to get her to help, and what should she do? So I was telling her, you must reach out. That's the only thing to do. So the message is following up now. With your backing and my teachers, I managed to go up to my parents. My father agreed to send me for help. My mother has undiagnosed issues, which is making it harder for me. But I am determined to succeed. I want my children to have a healthy mother. With the help of your line and the radio programs, you are giving me chizik when I'm about to give up. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. And Rav Nissen, this is a message that just came one hour ago. Six, uh, it's really two hours ago, 608. Yes, so I, I know that's really... Uh you know something that uh, we 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 always uh, hear it, and I know that many times people telling us uh, why you doing it, uh, why you uh, you know dirty laundry. We put it outside, but really it's we worse. Uh, any family, any any future family, this is the whole idea that we uh, create some awareness and some uh, a better observation to our life. And giving us, you know, opportunity to to grow up, and it's, as we said, let's grow together, really, because right. it's helping all of us, and even me, you know, just uh, I think that uh, we are family member, and uh, we are just uh, parents and grandparents. It give us a, a, a new look, uh, you know, you know, Mordechai. When we started this all all these shows, I was very skeptic. I was, uh, I'm not so great believer in therapists, you know that. Uh, I believe. You know that, yes. <laughs> And yeah. but I, I see the, 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 the I would say the need uh, because we are we are the generation that the emuna is not so strong unfortunately and uh, we need we need this kind of uh, program we need this uh, point of view that coming from a different perspective of the emuna and, and the religious and it's a combined it's really combined I think it's uh, you're doing a great uh, combination about it and people that's why uh, uh, become and, and I tell you that uh, by by Dr. Sim, Rabbi Simcha Cohen last week was a very very similar question and very similar uh, you know things that really uh, just opened the Pandora box about this kind of relationship parents and kids and uh, sometimes even uh, uh, teachers and uh, you know kind of educator yeah yeah so i would like again for people to call in the number to ask your question is 718-683-5858 and till we get a caller i'd like to read a question similar to the questions that we've had last week um, and I'd like to take the question, and it's a little bit of a discussion, so we'll have it between me and Yurav Nissen, and it goes both ways. So question is as follows. Um, thank you for all your programs, English and Yiddish as well. I can't write you how much it's helping out many people, so I'll leave the space empty for feelings, and they have, like, a lot of space. Now the question is as follows. I have a close relative that is not talking with her family at home. 
She only asks for things she needs. If someone asks her something, she answers quietly with the least words possible. But when she talks to her friends, she acts normal. It's very difficult for the family on a daily basis. Could you give us a little understanding about what she might be going through or what might have happened? P.S. It's going on for about three years. I feel so bad to see how much she is suffering at home. I'm anxiously waiting for your response. So let's just reread the question and also share with people the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we are looking forward to getting your question or your comments. So we hear the question is, someone's living in their home. They're not sharing us, a, a relative or a family or a friend, is watching how there is a child at home where they barely speak to the family members much. Um, however, what is happening is that at home they don't talk, but to their friends there is a lot going on. It means they're able to talk, and they won't understand what pain is she going through, and, and they feel so bad to see how much she's suffering. What would you say, Rav Nissen, just from our discussion, what would you say is a reason why someone would barely be speaking to their family, to their family members, for uh, three years? Well, so first of all, I think we're missing a lot of information here. Yeah, I just I'm looking mm -hmm. at the therapist. <laughs> uh, what age is it's age? That's right. right. We don't know what age. You know, we don't know what is uh, what happened before the three years. It was okay. It's something happened in the family. Something happened to this to the to the. It's a girl, right? Yeah. It's to her uh, something. Don't, we don't even know if it's a girl. Doesn't even. I think it does. I think it's a she, but I'm not sure. Right? I, I know. If what happened to this yeah. kind of kid? That what happened to? If something happened in in the family? You know, we got the text uh, two weeks ago about something that happened yeah. between two brother and sister. That we don't know. Or something with the relative. That, you know, we don't know. We you know we assuming that we know, but something that really really uh, has to be investigated about is we're missing a lot of information and in the, this crazy world I think that uh, we, we need the, to get the more information if what happened before what kind of age we're talking about and if he or she and uh, it's it's only with with the parents or the sibling it's only the sibling only parents is what what happened relationship with the grandpa grandparents I saw cases that the grandparents was the the opener you know the the, the leader that taking right. the, the kids uh, up and we don't we don't know this i i would say that really it's it's very disturbing uh, a question but uh i i from my my point of view, i cannot answer because we, we we're missing a lot of information that's right so let's go start looking at both sides so again the number to call up is 718-683-5858 718-683-5858 and let's go ahead and start. Let's take the side, because instead of everyone's always picking on the parents, let's go pick on the girl. Let's make up that the girl is 21, 22, or 23, and it's now three years that she's barely speaking to the parents. So let's make up the story that the parents are, let's say, nice, sweet parents. They don't know how to be assertive. And this daughter is being very manipulative, means they know, she knows, that the more she does not respond, the more she ignores her parents, the more she ignores the family, the more attention she gets. So now, she learned the secret. The more I don't talk, the more, the more, the more attention I get, the more parents give in, the more everyone's treating me like a princess, which she never got before. Let's assume that. Or, the same way, she as a tough, tough personality, and there are different ways of manipulating the parents, and she realized the greatest pain of all is ignoring. And unfortunately, that's very true pain for children. When they're ignored, it's the worst pain of all. So now, Rav Nissen, let's assume that that's the story where the daughter is the issue. What is needed is the parents need to get advice and guidance how to get stronger, how to be able to, if she doesn't speak, you don't help. When she asks, you don't always give in. You don't give in unless you want to. You will learn how to get more assertive and say, if you want something, you got to speak to me other times too. What do you say to this, Rav Nissen? 
Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, this is something that I, I tell uh, many times, you know, as, as, you, as you said before, uh, that uh, kids are very uh, manipulative, could be very manipulative and trying to be, get the attention. And I know, I know from my, myself again, as a parent, if a kid doesn't, you know, start whining, oh, you know, please talk like a normal human being, try to be assertive, to be, be uh, you know, what do you want exactly? I don't understand this kind of language. You want to talk normal, I will answer you. That's right. So sometimes you can have a child which is acting that way because they're bullying their parents, in which the therapy for the parents will be how to be tough, how not to be afraid if the kid throws fists, how not to be afraid if it's an adult kid that they won't call you for a week, also they're going to go to a friend and they don't call. No problem. You don't reach out when they want to reach out. That's when you start doing things. That's when you start interacting back on a healthy level. So that is one step. Now let's try it the other way. Let's assume the parents are unhealthy. Let's, for an example, take that question that we read to thank you, where this girl is saying she has a severe eating disorder. She can't get help from anyone because she can't reach out. Her parents will not want to hear it. Her parents don't like therapists. But yet, when we encouraged her to reach out to a teacher and how severe it is, the teacher opened up to the father, which that parent was healthy. The mother might have a lot of emotional issues, but now they're in the therapy process. It means there's a parent who you can go to, how you can work things out. So now, this girl, there might be one parent that has an issue, and her survival mode is to completely not interact with the parents so she doesn't get caught up into their pain or into the anger that might go along with it. However, it's not healthy because there's got to be one of the parents that's healthier. There's got to be a brother and sister that's healthier that you can speak to the family. And ignoring and just minimum words with entire families are very not healthy because then you can't get along with your family. You can't get along with someone. When you get married, we've got to learn how to work things out. So if you have an issue with one parent and there's an emotional issue, again, you need to work with a rub. But the other parent you can have some relationships with. If it's across the board knocked down, then, then there is something wrong even with that person themselves. Okay, we are going to go to a caller um, to Mrs. S. Mrs. S., you're on the board of Chayner of Nissen. Okay. Um, I wanted to know if you have um, tips for students that get very anxious before taking tests. Um, and, I mean, I've seen students that I tutored where really, they really knew everything, but they go blank from anxiety. Well, let's take out the word anxiety and let's just use the words normal fears of a test. Okay. Yeah, because once we use anxiety, we start using, you know, clinical terms, and then is it really, is it one kid, is it all kids? So let's try some simple tools. Simple tool number one is lower the pressure and expectations of a test. Means if the teacher says, everyone relax, it's no big deal whatever you get. It's here to be a review. We're here to review to see how much you know. That's why we have tests. Let's practice it. The teacher practices once or twice in advance. There's also a lot about taking like practice tests. So you teach the kids what tests are like. You'll see which kids have difficulties if you've given three or four tests and certain kids do not do well. If the teacher would sit down and start figuring out what's hard, is it that you're not studying at home? Is it that the information is very difficult? Are most kids not doing well? Is there a kid that they're expecting that they're, that they're perfectionist? So step number one is for the teacher to say this is just a test especially to those that are nervous, you could tell them one-on-one or speak to them ahead of time, tell them it's no big deal, just relax. If they're nervous because they don't know, then you start addressing why don't they know. Is it because the teacher is teaching too high of a level for this class or for this kid? Do they need a tutor? Do the, t- do the parents need to be more involved in their homework? So what would right. you say? Right, so here like I work general as, question? as a tutor, mm-hmm. so it's, I know exactly what's going on with the kids. Um, so sometimes, yeah, they just get very nervous about the test. Like they care. On the one hand, if you if you lower the expectation, then it. I mean, when they do do well, parents and everyone makes a big deal about it. Wow, you worked so hard. You got this 90. You got this 95. That kind of. And then you're, you know, 
same time you tell them it doesn't matter, they just might not buy into that. Well, we're not saying tests don't matter. We're so, well. Okay, let's take it a step back. No, I mean, or just, you know, how do they? How important do they put a value on the test? And unfortunately, if they're getting so stressed, then it's way too unhealthy. It's really not that important. I'm going to be very clear. It's not that important for a kid to get nervous over it or majorly nervous. That means there's way too much of the putting on the test. It means they're putting their social standing. It means they're putting their fear of failure. There's a lot into that that we do need to break. Yes, we need to say a test is meant to see how much information you learned, how much did you study, and it's important for you to retain it. That's what a test is about. That's all it's about. And if you're not doing well, it's a way to illustrate a visual for the parents and for the teachers. This kid needs help in this week. Now, was it just this week? Is it the last month? Is it that this kid is doing well in this class? Now, if it's too many kids, now it's a reflection on the teachers or on the school. That's all it is. A test is an indication. Now, because it's an indication, and many kids do well and some kids don't, now they start feeling like a failure. That's not only an indication. It's now a, it is now a, thinking of the right word. In Yiddish, there's a word like a stempel. It now, it signifies that this is who you are. So if you don't do well in tests, that means you don't, you didn't fail the test. You are a failure. Right. And that's not correct. And that's what we want to work with the kids. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, so, making a big deal when the child does do well, will that, you know, maybe no, for these kids? No, there's nothing wrong telling a child, you worked them. hard, you did amazing. And then when the kid works hard and they don't do well on the test, right. now there are several steps. We have to realize it's the last 10 years now that I know that many teachers have, like, modified tests for children that need extra time or children that need a little bit easier or certain tests aren't written clear that the teacher would write a different test, an easier test, which means it's easier information to, for what the kid did study and to recognize how the kid is doing well. And that's not like covering up, saying, oh, we're making it easy. No, the kid got the information. Just to give you an example, when I was in social work school, there was a from person there that was visually impaired. Legally, the college has to have a form for this person to be able to take the test either on Braille or someone to read him the test and he was able to reply to give his answers verbally. Let's understand some kids might have a difficulty with reading the question or not understanding the question. That's not that the kid isn't smart. It's our job of the parents and of the school to help this kid recognize that they do know the information and help them out, either helping them read the test, helping them understand the test, or if other things are needed to help get that information there. But that's our job as parents to recognize what's happening. Right. So if a kid is afraid, if a kid gets 60 and 40s each test, of course they will be afraid. Kids walk around saying, I got a 90, 100. Their self-esteem is flying high. A kid that's getting 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s is saying, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. The reason why I'm not doing well is not because the test wasn't done in a way that I understand, or not because... I didn't study well, or not because there are family stuff going on, or not because I didn't eat breakfast or lunch, or not because I'm afraid of bullying or whatever else is going on. The reason why I didn't do well is because I am a failure. Right. Arvinista, what do you say to this? <laughs> you know, again, I think that uh, I'm, I'm looking about myself and about, uh, you know, my classmate uh, 40 years ago and 50 years ago. And many times, you know, that I would say that the system doesn't, uh, don't get uh, uh, 100% the kids. You know, many times kids can fall in between the chairs and cannot, uh, uh, you know, uh, be in the box uh, that uh, everyone is like judging them or, you know, measure them in that same cup of, uh, you know, measurement. Each one, if each one of us is individual and many kids, many kids because of this, losing the confidence, losing the, the trust in the system also. This is what the teacher and the, the parents has to be with, with a, a, a finger on the pulse and see what happened to the kids. I, I saw many kids that was giving, uh, bringing hundreds to the, uh, to the, to the parents, the teacher, and 
because they was they were in the system somehow they knew how they to get into the system and many kids brilliant kids that couldn't fit to the system and this is uh, uh, they, they, uh, you know that 90% of their kids can fit on the system but i would say that 10% that suffer and li- losing the confidence and the system uh this is the, most of them are brilliant most of them are very very skilled and that's why we we have also the show about kishoni and other show that uh, just give it the kids that not just need no talent each one each of one of kids has a different talent and the school system not always can find it and because the teachers are not patient and maybe the teachers know the parents and tag the boys or the girl as 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 a bad uh, person because it it is like the, the the parents it's happened and sometimes the parents put a lot of pressure on the kids to bring the hundreds because it's 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 good for his resume furthermore the shidduchim is brother and the shidduchim is his sister and it's it's good you know to to wave uh, something a, a piece of paper that worth nothing in my opinion and I, oh my son he was on a roll all the all the years and you know, all this get this is something that really we have to get out and look deep in the soul of the, uh, the each student it's t- boy and girl and try to lift them and raise them because it's not just a thing a failure a boy or girl all of them are successful the question how we pull it out and uh, you know the, the the slogan of Rabbi Bornstein is no talent is rejected no really we, we that's the work of all of us to bring the talent and raise it and don't look at the numbers I tell I told all, all the time to make it to my children I don't care about the numbers. I care about that you understand the material, that you can be uh, actually using it and not be a parrot that, you know, basically repeat and repeat and repeat. Think about it. Try to understand the material. When you understand the material, you just, you know, so many kids go to the mathematics, you know, eight mathematics. And it is a beautiful field. It's gorgeous if you understand how it's working. Everything is beautiful if you understand what is behind it and not to bring it the material that they the, and uh, uh, a dry situation many times I found that even the teacher don't understand the material just they, they they repeat what they learn and why it's coming why one and one is ten don't understand because you have a binaric mathematics and all what the other you, stuff. Right. You know, what do you hear from this information that Rav Nissen is saying that we're discussing? If the child would have less pressure, you know, and would feel less judged by her marks, she would, you know... Right. And again, remember, marks are important. means marks tells us how she's doing. If she's not doing well, then we ask her, what's happening that you're not doing well? It's that simple. We're not attacking, but we raise the bar. So you're raising the bar, and this is what we need. This is the point of test, and you're not doing well. And it's not an attack. It's not, and part of what you do is you actually don't have other children share their marks with others. That's part of one of the things that you focus on. And let's look at it the other way. What happens if there's a girl that gets 90? Notice the shift now. It's about you doing better and better. What happens if a girl gets 90, but really she could be getting 100? Do you know what will happen? We're not going to be speaking to that girl about, did you study? She'll say, no, I don't study because I'm happy with a 90. No, our job is to raise the bar. means at times if she says there are simplest going on, then fine, we can leave it at a 90. But if a girl can do more or a boy can do more, it's our job to individualize it. So all the test is is to tell us how much do you know. If a person gets a low mark and let's say you're the substitute or you're the teacher or, and you're, you're working and saying, you know, I just studied with you yesterday. I knew you knew the information, but on the test you didn't do well. Now we've got to come up with some different idea. What can we do, go for you to be able to, what can we do for you to be able to take the test and get a better mark? Because you know the information. So if you know the information, we want the test to reflect what you know. That's all the test is about. So do you know the information or not? And if not, if you know it very well, if you don't, Let's, what can we do for you to know it? Right. I mean, I have asked this child that, and she just she said to me, I don't know. I know it, but by the test I get, like, nervous and scared, and I just... Okay, so the next thing remember, you do is you ask know. her, how about I try? You can offer it once. Try asking her the questions 
where you ask the question verbally, maybe not in front of the whole class, like after the class, and tell her you could do the test by paper, but after I want to do it with you and see if she knows it. If she knows it, now we start recognizing, okay, so she knows the information. She has an issue with either the comprehension of the test, either the reading of it, Maybe she isn't learning how to associate the question to the answer that she knows. And with a little help, with a little guidance, she will learn how to take a test. So it's okay. a little bit more time that we need to spend when a girl is or a boy is very, very nervous regarding taking the test. And I, I, would, I, would, I would say that... I just want to announce the number. The number to call to ask your question or your comment is 718 683 I would say that I also try to find what the reason the nervous it could be the parents are very pushy and the demand from the, the girl and this is supposed possible and we have a beautiful text here Mordechai, you got it yeah about I had a teacher who paired weaker students with stronger ones she gave the weaker students the questions before the test and tested orally if necessary. Wow. And if this person that sent the message, I would like them to share what's changed from this. Because, because really, it's, you know, they're giving a boost to, to a little bit weaker, and then they, they, they get confidence, they, get the, you know, they, they can show that they did great, and they, 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 would they would love to learn and get it, it into it. So there was a nice story that I remember when I was learning there was a friend of mine that was learning in Eretz Yisrael in a smicha program over there. And he told me it was very interesting, but when they do the smicha test of the Faher, it was a written exam, and he gave them the questions in advance. So each test, there were like four or five parts. Each part that they had to know had 80 questions. So they're able to fill in the answers ahead of time. They knew the information, then they got the test. Now, regardless of what they got on the test, so they had to do well, the Rosh of the Chabur told them the questions, the part that you filled out the questions and answers, the first part when they gave it in advance, says this is almost every Shiloh like that you would get, practical Shiloh and Basel B'chalav, saying if you'll never be a Rav, but there's a question at home about Molochik Saflashik, just go back to these 80 questions and you knew it now, so you wrote down the Machlaikas Roshayna Machreinim and why we passed in like this one or what the Gemara was, what Tresus was, what the Primagodim was, what the Shach, what the Tazis, and you know now how to Pascha. And that was beautiful. It was a beautiful lesson that I took out of it, which is you're going to get now Smicha. You're going to learn. Many people will not stay in the Smicha program. However, you're, we're going to get married. We're going to be running a house. There's going to be a question of Kashrus. What do you do? You will now know how to do it. So again, can we realize how important we want to train kids for life, not for the moment of information that we don't remember? Okay. We are going to go to Mr. M. M, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Wonderful. Okay. I just came home from the country, and as I'm unpacking, I put on my uh, FM radio to listen a little bit, and I hear you, and I'm wondering if you could help me. With Siyata Deshmaya, we can help Meshachem create an awareness. Okay, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter that actually was, uh, this past summer was very, very difficult with her. Uh, okay, she used to go to day camp every single... We usually don't I'm sorry, what? Deal. Just need to be aware, just ahead of time. Chances are I might say we, I don't have the answer to that, because most of the time, children, we don't really take questions of children under the age of eight. Uh -huh. Okay, I'm ready for anything. Yeah, I, no, I guess you can't programs that do. It's just because many times it's skills-based. means it's follow-up and follow-up. So go ahead. Right. So my main question is going to be if it should be a parent issue, it should be the kids have to, you know, uh, learn. I guess the kid is three and a half. It isn't too much the kid, you know, go for therapy, but is it more the parenting that has to be done uh, versus the kid growing up? That's or just, usually you know, my belief. My belief, children under the, age of three, under the age of eight, mostly it's a parenting issue. Okay. When the parents so basically, are, I'm this not kid is all the time. I want to be clear. Uh -huh. It's not all the time, but most of the time, when I first work on on a child, before anyone can send me a child under the age of 15, almost always I first meet with a parent. We identify what are the parent's needs, or for us to work on. That's the first step that we do, and mm -hmm. after that, the next step is 
we then see if we need to see the if I need to see the child or not. But most mm-hmm. of the time, uh, it is working with the parents, especially under the age of ten, and we see huge changes by the children. However, just recently, I spoke to parents, and it was very clear to me that the kid had, from the way they described it, and from speaking to the Rebbe, the kid has a severe ADHD problem. I said, rather let's get him evaluated for that. So I just also want to be aware that it can like be... A three-and-a-half-year-old child having a... No, I don't like saying that. All I'm saying is I don't know what is going on, and therefore I don't... I can't. All I'm yeah. saying okay. is under the age of three, the parents usually need to be spoken mm-hmm. to or worked on or done something along those lines. So my main question is going to be I want to make sure that I'm not doing harm to my child. So basically, am I, you know, by trying to uh, parent right, and maybe I'm, you know, sometimes being too hard or maybe I'm being too soft. That's going to be basically my question. Right now, the answer is skills-based. Here we go to that, my friend. What? The answer is what? I won't be able to answer that. Uh-huh. Anything, let me explain to you. Let me just explain to you why. There is no, this, this program, we don't give a yes and no, because there's never a yes and no. It's okay, so I don't need a yes or no. I want you to gear me what it makes more sense to, like now, which, you know, which field would you send that, me to. Okay. Right, and what happens if I tell you that that is a four-hour response? So I know that I have to go to someone that could help me out, <laughs> figure out a little bit more. But uh, at least I know I'll that it's something that's really it's not just... I'll tell you and we're going to have her up and answer it, and then I'll come in after. Go ahead, what's your question? Uh-huh. So basically my child, uh, in, in short, she would fight every single day not to go to day camp. She's a happy child at home. She's really, you know, she's a lot of fun. She's a chevreman, as they call it. Um, she, some, she came up with these crazy excuses. You know, she would say, you know, this bump on my head hurts me, the bump she got a year ago that she fell, and she would... But then it got even worse. It would start becoming issues even with how to make her hair style. You know, she's only three, you know, three and a half, and she's busy. Don't make me a pony this way, make the pony that way. And... Uh, Sometimes, you know, it came to the time that she wasn't even being rational, totally irrational. Right. She would, now like, say stop. things that now are, let's like... Let's stop right here. What is your question? So my question... Oh, so I basically, eventually, I started... You know, beginning, I was easy with her. I said, okay, you want this? I'll give you that. And then I started saying, no, it's either this or that. And she would go into a panic attack and scream and start kicking. And I would sit there and wait it out. And she would go on for 10 or 20 minutes until her voice is basically gone. So I, I, I guess... for about three, four hours, by the way. What did you say? I said three-year-olds could go on for a couple of hours, uh-huh. 10, 10, 20 minutes, and their voice go gone. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my so my question is basically: uh, is this is does does this sound normal for a three and a half year old, or is it a little bit abnormal? And I should go see. A hundred percent normal, one thousand percent normal for a three-year-old. Uh-huh. Every single day fact, to be crying out to go to daycare will be a problem. Yeah. Every single day, she's only kid today. I didn't believe my wife, day, yeah. so today I had my day until off. You get the I went to check it out. It's true. Ta- yes, until you take a parent. Let me take my next question I usually ask everyone. Is this your first child or your first girl? <laughs> my second. Second. Is this, this isn't your first girl? Not my first, and I'm in the Chinuch field myself. I'm a Rebbe, a principal. I, 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 I usually guide other people, but suddenly when it came to my own child, I'm like, oh. First of all, that's classical. But, yeah. It is extremely normal for a three-and-a-half-year-old to do that, yes. Now, here mm-hmm. comes the next part. Now watch how complicated it gets. And that's why you're asking a yes or no question, which is hard to do without seeing. Since you've got other kids, since you're a chinuch, and I'm assuming you probably see a lot of this age three-year-old, you would know that it could be normal. You would also know that it could not be normal means, again, when I've got people coming to me with different stories, there's, based on seeing the parents, based on seeing what skills they have, based on seeing if how is the wife dealing with them, most of the time means you're less around, you're the father, I'm assuming, and your wife's, well, mm-hmm. what are your wife's skills? How does she deal with it? Or does she need to come running to you? Is this your second child, but this is the first challenging child, so the first one was easier, which can happen sometimes? And yes, there are skills how to deal with difficult children. On the other hand, there can also be other stuff going on, which I don't know. I know, but let me ask you one question. I'm going back to this concept that every single kid is going to day camp normal, and she's the only kid between that 120 is not true. years. Let's stop that. Let's stop that. That is a false premise. 
kids do not go. Kids' jobs are to not want structure. Kids' jobs are to want to stay home and enjoy being around mommy. So why am I going to the day camp and watching everyone happy? I'm looking and she's crying 20 minutes. That is the lie. No, you're not. You haven't been in their house five minutes before they left the room, before they left the house. I'm agreeing with you. They could be there crying beforehand, but in the day camp itself, and she loves day camp, she comes home exciting. Look what I got, and she's happy. So that's the first half an hour. It's anxiety. What could it be the first half an hour? You think it's four hours of, of a thing? So I guess it's a, not a quick question, but it, until today, I was okay. It came to the last thing, I saw it with my own eyes. Everyone's sitting, you know, I saw kids walking, not so happy, but no one was screeching for 20 minutes. She was screeching. This was every single day. When was the last time? Do, let's try something else. You'll call up next week with your feedback. I'd like you to find out, since you're in the Chinuch field, speak to playgroup teachers of three-and-a-half-year-olds. Ask them. How normal is it for kids to still put up a fight at three and a half going to day camp, even though they're happy after? Find out. For eight weeks straight. For eight weeks straight. I, the truth is, it wasn't eight weeks straight. It was a few weeks in between that was, that was better. So I, I shouldn't okay, say that. Okay, good. Find out how much of that is normal. So I was, was going to do that, but it happens to be that I'm not so much in the younger preschool. I'm more from first and older. I don't <laughs> usually, I never went to that, you know, it's, this is the first uh, Go ahead. that went a little lower. Week. We'll do a little exercise, giving you a huh. week to try it. I'm also a little now, bit afraid to the new school. I don't want the new year to start with that. But that's also one of the reasons that I was going to uh, speak a little bit of help right now. I don't want to start That's right. That's very real. So now, ask different police preschools. You're in the Chenoch field. So let's say you're a seventh grade rabbi. Let's say you're first year of Smedrish. I'm sure it's very easy to, for you to reach out to someone that's a preschool in another school. So mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the school where you're sending your daughter. Find out how normal is it. But then what I'd also like you to find out is how normal is it, or since you're in the Chenoch field again, find out when people take a parenting workshop specifically for the difficult kids, find out how normal is it to have a mahalos that will work with them. Mordechai. Yeah, you're listening. Okay. I, I want to, to say that, you know, first of all, it's a... Uh, in the beginning, I had, I had some thought about something happening in the day camp or in the day place, but it seems like a more power... In this age, a power game and control uh, uh, board, like I would say, that who is, who is controlling. Yeah, terrible and yeah, I... Yeah, it's it's not it's it's it goes on and go and go on and the the what what I see here that uh, it's how much how, how decisive when you put your kid to the camp or to the the, the daycare well, how decisive you are that with with confidence or you just stand in the door and see what the reaction what is you know all this is uh, things that basically show that the girl that you are you you she can play she can play with your emotion. It's you, it's your wife, and that, that's the point here. And it, when, when you give up, it's accelerate and accelerate, and the, the, the game, the, the, you know, it's coming much stronger and stronger and stronger. This is the, that's what, what, what I see here, because when you come and put the kids in the, in the daycare, every good day, bye, and enjoy the day, and maybe she will make a face or something like this. And uh, after a few minutes, they will forget and play with all the, uh, the rest of the kids. Mm-hmm. One day, two days, and uh, that's it. It's out. Uh, a very good point. But if it's only, only day camp, I will deal with it that way. But uh, it's also happening at home with how I should make her here. Yeah, and okay. So uh, you, you, I'm sorry. We take, to, uh, you're taking air. I would say you're taking her without the, uh, the hairstyle, without the dress you like. One day, two days, she sees that you are strong. You know, it's like a, a kid that driving a bicycle in the beginning to tackle in the wall. They go on the wall and... I'm not going too strong. This is, this, this is, okay, this, this is why it's a great area question. I understand why he told me beforehand that he's not going to be able to answer me I so quickly. That I, that I, I understood that. Question. Every parent, almost every single parenting question, that's why we don't address it, is exactly this issue. Mm-hmm. The confidence. Okay, but you're telling me definitely it's not crazy. It's, it's, it's not for sure crazy. It could be I very normal. What? It's for sure. It's 99.9% your daughter is 100% normal. And More than normal. She's sorry. Normal. That, that it doesn't need crazy therapy or something. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be blunt. If this would have happened to, an adult, to more of a, you know, a, a teenager for sure, I would definitely suspect something happened. But she's just three, you know, three years old. Stop so not, a second. Three and a half year old. This is age appropriate. This is what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> this is what they're supposed to be doing. Some kids are more challenging. Some are less. But they're 
over in normal they're supposed to do that and then when they start going to first grade and they stop enjoying it stops being preschool of fun and it stops being test they stop throwing their fits i don't want to go to school and then the first mm-hmm. week or two of school people like it is this then comes the first test or then comes the first fight and all of a sudden they don't want to go to school that's normal mm-hmm. i would say that uh, the challenge kids from people that it could be that there could be a kid in the day camp that's bothering her and she should talk to, the, and to, talk to your daughter. It could also be activities she doesn't like or, or even someone she's scared of that she passes in the day camp. I know everyone's jumping in that line. That's why I don't want to address it. I don't want I'm not afraid of it. it. I'm not afraid of addressing something if it is. Uh, that, not, that's I one thing I guess. That's it. I feel the way you're describing it. It's an assertiveness that you need to have at ease. How do you deal with your daughter that's a bit of a stronger girl that mm-hmm. wants to be home, does not enjoy maybe following orders or structures, and that's the way she is, whether it's to make her here or how to make her here or what she's going to wear. And this is, what's, this is where the work comes in. We're having the system, mm-hmm. the tools, in a simple way. That's where parenting workshops, that's exactly what it's about. A so you would definitely suggest I should take parenting? Yeah, but uh, can I ask you a question I've been avoiding the entire time? Talk to me about your wife. You should. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to me about your wife. Someone's giving me feedback the whole time and saying two things. Let me just read you the message over here. What's the difference if it's normal or, or not? Reasons don't count. Just go for help. And then normal doesn't mean we need to allow it. You usually say it's true. That's what I say. It means there are tools to know that your daughter is normal, but now there are tools how to prevent it. Mm-hmm. So now... Does your wife, so you're more the assertive type, is your wife more the pushover there? If she cries, your wife gives in or your wife gets overwhelmed from the crying? She doesn't get overwhelmed. No, she acts okay. But she definitely is not so, I'm much more the type of like, you know, I'm a Rebbe, I'm a principal, I have to do that. You know, that's one, two, three, and I give a choice, and then I very calmly, I'm consistent. She's definitely a little bit more, but again, she has to hold with a kid that's turning over and screeching and going so, and she has to run a house also. So it's much harder for her. But uh, she, right. you know, she... Sorry, and what would you assume would happen if your wife would also be more assertive and be able she to is. not have to manage We're both very assertive. But then she goes crying and she goes very extreme. And sometimes I think like she's having an attack that she's going to go crazy. Good. And I'm even like, you know, for a second I get nervous. allow that to happen? I... She will give in by the end. She'll start shaking and she'll go like, like really crazy and she'll like catch her breath for a minute or two, I'm talking about a long minute, and I would stand outside, I wouldn't give in, and I would say, you know, this is it, you had your choice, and this is it. So again, but, I, but in the way my wife told me, just double check that you're doing is right. So that's why, you know, right now, I'm double checking that I'm not doing something that could be harming her. So because I would in case you to double check with someone that knows you, and knows your wife, or someone that will speak to you, because that's double checking, this is an awareness. And I would have, this is cool, just creating the awareness. Now, the real double-checking is someone that knows you and your wife. And so the truth is, I spoke, them. I, I'm sorry for cutting you over, but I did speak to people that know me, because uh, since I'm in the kind of field and I love to ask. Wife. Notice the words, and your wife. My, wife. my wife is asking, we're both asking. We're on the same page at this, uh, Great. 100%. Excellent. Great. So then, and what do those people say that know both of you? What so, so some of them, you know, my parents and my in-laws are all in Chenech also, and they, you know, everyone's trying to give their thing. One said, just, just try to avoid this, you know, if there's an issue coming up, just try to change the, the you know, let's say she starts fighting sure. and screaming for something, just change, yeah. just change, just start talking about something else. Right. It works sometimes, yeah. very well with children. Yes, you can, at their mind, it's almost like they're naturally ADDs that you can discuss different topics and have their mind... But she was quick. But she caught oh. out to that method, and she would stick to her guns. And if she ever had to give in, I could not believe it. How she, like, she acted like a, like, like a fifth grader. Like, she had to give in. She would get upset. She would, like, give a slap, like, the carriage. Yeah. I'm like, I'm upset why I'm giving in. Because I'm, you know... Well, you know, I would, I would tell her. Like, I once told her, I said, you know, she was screaming, my head hurts. Did you make my pony? I said, if your head hurts, we're going to the doctor. You want to go to the doctor? And I called the doctor in front of her. I called the doctor because I really was going to go to the doctor anyway. So check it out. Just a double check. And she said, no, my head doesn't hurt anymore. Okay. Okay. So I, I would say that uh, this really is some. funny. It, this has all happened the last uh, no, no. six hours and I'm taking I, it more serious. Because I, I finished I, my job and I'm thinking about the next year and I wanted to make sure I'm doing the right thing. I, I would say. You really then do one on one. 
really one-on-one, just speak to anyone that does the parenting job, just how to deal with her. So it can always be mm-hmm. that one child. You don't deal with this age at all, or you do or you do with this age? It's No, no, no. Let, let's not send it to me. That's not... The way I work is, first on the parents, which one's weak. I do a whole different mahaloch. I do the... I do a parenting workshop once a year, and there there's a lot of tools and skills-based. Those that are able to do it is Baruch Hashem, a huge change and a huge shift. Usually those that are not able to do it usually have got inner issues. Many mm-hmm. right. of the times I find that there's one, of, one or both of the parents are afraid to be assertive. Afraid to mm-hmm. be tough, afraid to be. This is not the case over here. We're not afraid, so that's why. Then we would, then we would need to find out: is any of the parents too tough then, and not giving in at times? And it's another time that kids can be, can be doing that. It means there are oh, two extremes: either there is no room for flexibility, or too much room for flexibility. If it's mm-hmm. right in the middle, that, or if let's say you guys are balanced, then there could be something wrong with a child. It's not wrong, but it could be a sensory issue could be other stuff going on. That's, again, why it's to actually say yes or no, I need to see the parents, I need to get my... No, you said something with sensory. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Today, sure. she got dirty on a, on a shirt, got dirty. So I took a little bit of water, and I just, you know, had to get the dirt off. She went crazy from... You know, it was wet. She wanted to change her shirt that second. I couldn't change. I didn't have anything. I was in the middle of running. She was screaming for 20 minutes, change this shirt now. She couldn't. I was thinking right. to myself, Shavi be right now? Or if she has a sensory right issue, now, she doesn't like this. That's what I'm saying. Part. There could be a sensory issue. Mm-hmm. So you think the only thing is parenting? Things. But this is not wow. parenting. If it's a sensory issue, it's not parenting. It's well, also parenting. Right, so first we need to know the parents have the tools. It means when the parents mm-hmm. are doing the healthy and regular tools and it's still not working, then we start going to then then we then you start going to the other stuff. So that's where again the one on one comes in, where the parents need to get a full evaluation by a therapist that deals with children mostly. It's not really what I do. I don't. I deal mostly with twelve and up, thirteen and up. That's so I deal mostly with adults I should say. I also deal we deal a lot with teenagers. We don't deal that much with children, especially children. I, I probably count on we've got Kanaiars, you know, a lot of therapists, I, I don't deal with it because I find a lot with the children is a lot of the parents. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. from my experience, more than, more than 60% of the time, the parents are not willing to go through the work. Or the mm-hmm. parent that's got the issue doesn't want to do it. So I usually try to take a, a field where it's more Nakia, where it's a cleaner, easier work, where I can, a person comes and asking for help, you can work right, on that. Right, You're not dealing right. with four or five people at once. When you start dealing with a kid and one parent wants to go for help, the other one doesn't, then you open up. Next thing you know, all the Shalom Bayez stuff starts coming out. <laughs> so no offense, but, like, I try to take, give me, a, give me depression, give me anxiety, give me a codependence, setting up some boundaries. That stuff is what we like working on where it's that one-person issue. But when you start dealing with kids three and a half, it can be many times you're going to get into the parents' issue, and unfortunately the parents usually from experience are not willing to work on their stuff. Uh, Mordechai, so, yeah. I, I would say that first of all, uh, sorry, uh, first of all you have to thank God that you have a very, very creative girl, daughter, and it's not 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 joking, you know. Most no, of these right, kids, right. I do. most I do of these kids, most of the kids that giving you a trouble, they are they are very talent, very creativity since young age, and they have they have a very uh, strong uh, willpower to do. And this is something that you, if you track it to the right side, she will be something unique. And Bezad Hashem, the Kadosh Baruch will give you the power. It's not easy to be a parent to these kind of kids. Uh, I know that I, I have uh, seven of them, but <laughs> I know that it's it's not easy. But Baruch Hashem, it's it's if you try uh, giving the the right track and giving the right the safe you know parenting, I would say that you will enjoy her and she will enjoy life. I think that we enjoy uh, her every single day. I uh, thank uh, you, Mr. Hashem. One day she'll be call- in ten years now. She'll be calling the hat on herself that she yes. has parents yes. <laughs> that are doing something. I'm just kidding. Okay. Anyways, you gave me a lot, a lot of uh, uh, food for thought. Right. Yeah, a lot of food, so I gotta sit down. I'm gonna have to download this. Start looking at your daughter. Then you start seeing: is are there other stuff going on? And you can Mm -hmm. speak to, let's say, someone at that age again. Someone, a a therapist, let's say, deals with children. You and your wife go down first. Have you speak to them? Let them get their feeling, and then the next step is let them see your daughter. 
And like you said, mm-hmm. it could even be... Anyways, your program is amazing. I can't believe it. I guess it's about shared that I just walked into the house unpacking and I put it on and I heard you. Yeah. I don't even know which Thank day it is. I feel like I'm jet lag coming from the country right now. So yeah. Yeah. I just think yeah. I'm going to grab the opportunity to call because I guess with Bashar, I should hear all this. Welcome back. A lot, a lot of good information. Uh, thank uh, you. I want to thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate you being brave to call in. Hatzlacha. Hatzlacha, Rabbi. Good. Okay, Mordechai. We are to Mrs. M. Hello? Yes, Mrs. M. Hi, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hi, I wanted to add to the last caller. I'm a preschool teacher for many years. I have the children that are, are coming to us. <coughs> that been hey, can I ask you to speak up a little so it'll sound a little stronger on our end? It'll just be a little bit more power. So we, I have the children that are coming from home. They start school. And 90% yeah. of the time, the parent doesn't trust the teacher. The child is really, really clever. They're seeing in the parent attitude that the parent's not fully trusting the teacher. I can imagine that could happen in a country, they can, that they're not... The parent's not 100% on board that she trusts the teacher, and the child is censoring this. So can you share with us, I like this, because I say that all the time and people question me. Can you tell me how would it affect a kid if the parents don't necessarily like the teacher? Because I want those parents that are listening, that if you are sending your kids to yeshivas and to schools, and you're busy attacking the schools, or you don't like the teacher, or you don't like the Rebbe, realize that you're ruining it for your child's success. So can you explain, this is in playgroup, how do you see that if the, teach, if the parents have an issue with the teacher, how do you see it you know, playing itself out in the kids? So beginning of the summer, I, I, like, I was in the room, and the parents are bringing in the children. And he says, here, hesitation. The mother says to me, oh, so you're the counselor? Like, and she's like looking me up and down, like, should, like, does she know me? Who are you? And I can see it transfers to the child. Yeah. Automatic. And those yeah. children never settle down. So, Isn't um, that interesting? I really believe that very, very much, sort of this. So what do you say to that? Do you find that when parents are confident, sort of this, and or when parents put a trust, kids have more a trust? Well, let, let's put it this way. What, I find the same thing also in a business. When someone trusts, when someone feels confident in the person that they're going to, you will see it. Uh, the business will go easier. Rav Nissen. Oh, one second, please. Sure. So... I like very, very much the information that you're saying. So when kids second come... Point, second point, the, the parents have to prepare the children. They have to explain to them what's going to happen. We're going to go to this and this place. It's going to look like this. And we're going to sleep in a new house. This is a new place for them. They have to keep on talking to them and telling them over and over again. In the morning, mommy drops you off and you have fun and you do crafts. And then mommy comes to pick you up. You have to keep, you have to, I, I have a two-year-old son that's not yet talking, and he's always like that. You have to keep on talking to him and tell him what's going to happen. And then he's looking at you and he's like, yeah, so yeah, and then they, then they carry on. They do, they do as the program. Yeah, so that's right. So keep, preparing them ahead of time. Keep, right, we're going to do your here now. We're going to, we do it to all the children, preparing it in advance. Beautiful. Yeah. I hope he's listening, the guy from before. Merci, Shem. Excellent. Very, very, very good. I appreciate that. Nice. And the number to call in is 718-683-5858. Mordechai. Okay. Uh, Mordechai, I want to say that, you know, it's really that what you said, you spoke about with the gent and the rabbi before, that uh, it's really how decisive you come to the to the playground or to the to the how what kind of uh, transmitters you know transmitter you are to the child because the child is feeling every single uh, twist in our end when you all decide and you and she, that's that's how the feeling when you put them in a, in a playgroup 
Okay, so just uh, yeah. when they feeling sure. they the kids feel you very very much that if you are tense, if you don't, if you like broadcast around, is that a, a safe t- safely to them or you better in decisive? You know that they feel it. Oh, you not trust the teacher, and also versus the opposite could be the teacher in the beginning. You know, but uh, giving a transmission of of. Uh, tough cookie you know and that tough personality and no, nobody want to challenge us you know there's something that you have to prepare the, to go in between the line and see what the kids feeling uh, or, or, you know go down to the eye level of the kid and see what's going on you know try to get in because if the kids uh, feel you that you are really really hesitate to leave them in the car and again the, the in kindergarten or in the play group it, it will start making all scenario and uh, that's that's the point uh, how to be uh, to to try to find the 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 line the fine line between uh you know this uh issue yes so true which means the power and the ability within us to be assertive to be confident that is all over now listen the reason why what i wanted to ask you was in your line do you find that let's say you take employees that are more confident just because they speak more confident, they feel more confident, do you, are you more at ease when you would hire a subcontractor or someone to do something under you just by their confidence? Would you say it also this ability to feel confident is something that you would judge businesses on? I think it's, it's, it's a very normal because you, you need someone that you can trust, you can work you know, and know what is doing uh, many times uh, many times you find it uh, unfortunately not so true some people are reflect uh, very confident and then the end you know uh, they don't do not, they don't know what to what they're doing but this is um, but definitely uh, you the, the I would say the first interview or that feeling to check to see what what is all about and it's really uh, they, they see that confident of this per, uh, the person. That's right. So someone asked us over here that you just sent me the message, is this the same in therapy? Is it necessary to completely trust the therapist in order to get the therapy process moving faster? Yes. I mean, that's almost like, uh, of course, it's almost like if you're going to learn how to drive a bike and you want to go faster or drive a car, but you don't trust the speed above 65, the car could go up to 100, and let's say it's a safe or let's try the numbers. You don't feel safe driving a car more than 25 miles per hour, but the speed limit is 65. Will it affect your driving the car in the speed? Of course. If you don't trust the therapist, that's part of your issue why you won't be able to go too fast or too far. A hundred percent. We're going to take over here as caller, Mrs. R. Hi, you're on with Mordechai Nervnissen. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. I'm just calling yeah. regarding to what this... Uh lady just yeah. got onto the line saying about trash. Sure. I had um, experience with my, young, with my older daughter. She went to nursery, and she, I did not trust that teacher. I didn't like her, nothing about her, and my daughter Taka had a miserable year. The year later, she had a great teacher, a great year. The following daughter went into the next class. It was not that teacher, but it was a different teacher. It actually was this year, and the teacher was not good. I was devastated. I was going crazy, and then I said, you know what? I'm not taking her out of the class. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to let Hashem just take it over because, you know what, it doesn't, it's not worth it for me. I've been through and I've, I've done it. Goodbye. I'm just letting go. I went through the whole year. Hashem, she had a phenomenal year. She passed through the entire year. It was horrible. There was, no, there was no communication between parents and the teacher. There was no communication between the, te- the teacher and the kids. The kids were miserable. My daughter, Hashem, had a phenomenal year. She remembers the year as a great year. She, had fun- just, she enjoyed the year, even though... I, I hear right. from the rest of the parents that they had a horrible year. I just said, you Fair know what, let's, so let's go. go ahead. Let's, let's go. take it a step further. What changed within you, and how does that change from within you? How does it affect your kids? Beautiful. It is I, said, I just said, Hashem, Hashem obviously put me in this position. I remember what happened to my oldest daughter. I said, no, this is not going to repeat. I, I was devastated. I didn't enjoy the fact that my daughter was in this class, but I said, you know what? It's over. I'm just, if now she's in the class, I'm not going to take changed. her out. Had, had you been the same as the other years, what would your daughter have felt? I'm sure she would have felt my re- uh, resistance. That's right, or your resentment. And that is right. in the parenting workshop, the secret that I start in the first, in the first workshop is 
This is not a parenting workshop on children. This is a parenting skills-based workshop for the parents, meaning once the parent feels confident that they have the skills, they know what to do, in most cases, automatically the children start listening in other areas that wasn't even practiced on, that wasn't even discussed. It's an inner feeling of confidence. Yeah, and the more you're describing it, we see this all over. Our mission explained in businesses, we see it, that you trust, you work with people. In therapy, it's clearly you've got to feel confident that the therapist is confident and knows what they are doing. And especially as we see in teaching, how important it is for the parent to either appreciate or like the teacher, or if not, to let go and trust the Rebbeinschleim's process, that each year there will be different teachers that will connect with different children on different levels, and when we let and trust the Rabbi Nishleilam, there's a lot of shefa and bracha that he does when we stop interfering on how he would like the world to be run. Yeah, thank you. I just have, we just have to remember it. That's the main. That's right. We need that little chazar, and that's why I appreciate that message, that there is a certain payach of when we let go that the Rabbi Nishleilam sends a shefa, sends a bracha, even though we don't understand how or why, as you share, that your daughter had a fantastic year while you really didn't like the teacher, but you were able to let go. While the and I hear parents, from other parents. The other parents were devastated. Right. They called the VAD, they called the principal, they called and called. I said, no, no, it has nothing to do with me. This is where she's supposed to be, and I'm letting go. That was the message. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Good night. You're welcome. Good evening. So I'd like to thank you, Angle, the callers, and their omniscience for having this beautiful program. And Hatzlacha. Thank you very much, Mordechai, and that's Lachai, and uh, it seems like uh, everybody is unpacking right now the, the stuff from uh, yeah. uh, the, the vacation and ready for the, the next uh, vacation. <laughs> and Be'ezat Hashem, uh, we'll, we'll, say, we'll hear you uh, next week, Be'ezat Hashem. Thank, thank you very much, Mordechai, and all the best.